1: Hey, it's C Sparky Pfeiffer, 55 past the hour here on 1250 AM, The Fan. And as we're getting into summertime, make sure to get yourself that beautiful strawberry frosty over there at Wendy's. Coming back from St. Louis uh, last week, had my chance to uh, stop at Wendy's several times, got me some frosty chino, got me some... Uh, double stacks and of course had to have a couple strawberry frosties out there in that hot weather. It was like 90 degrees out in St. Louis. Not nearly as hot here, (laughs) however. Uh, But still, good time to get that strawberry frosty while it lasts. Probably only going to be here for the summertime. Joining us now, you hear him. He is Tim Dillard. Follow him on Twitter at Tillard. Check out Brewers Unfiltered with him, Adam McKelvey, uh, and as well as Sophia Minner. That podcast available weekly on your Odyssey app and of course over at thebrewers.com website. Tim, thanks for coming on. I guess first things first, uh, A lot of talk about Christian Yelich hitting right around 300 since the beginning of May. Do you think we've officially turned the corner with Christian Yelich? Uh,
0: I mean, just watching him play, you just, you got to be encouraged. Uh, Because number one, I think he's, I think he's just super healthy. Um, I think you saw a little bit last year, but he was still trying to get his at-bats back up. And uh, now capitalizing on this year um i mean he just he is fun to watch again i mean you're you're out there with him and it's like he's a video game he's so fast he's stealing bases his uh defense like outs above average and the outfield has gone up um and he's just hitting the ball all over the field for extra base hits so yeah i mean it's just it, it's almost like a brand new man but i think what we're seeing is just a guy that's super healthy and having a super fun time playing baseball
1: got okay, Kurt Hogue uh, over at the Milwaukee Journal-Central put out a tweet uh, earlier today. Brewers OPS by position and league rank. The only two positions where they're decent top 10 is catcher at 750 and left field, uh, Christian Yelich, 791. 10th at third base, 779. Uh, 14th in center field, and then after that, they're 25th or worse at the rest of the positions uh, across the Ooh. infield. And obviously not great, uh, but how close do you think this Brewers team is to possibly busting out at this point? Because there are certain guys that, if they get going, can kind of help this team get on a roll. If Aradis Tellez gets hot for a week or two, could really help things.
0: Yeah, you know they're expecting a lot more probably from Adonis and and, uh, and Telez in that regard. But at the same time, you know it's it, it baseball's baseball's tough, and uh, it's always like okay, well when this guy gets hot, this guy gets hot, yep. and sometimes you know, players just, you got to, you can't rely on that. You know, you can't sit there and go, okay, well, somebody has to get going. Um, You have to keep playing baseball and keep trying to get runs across the board. I think that's what this Brewers team is going to have to end up trying to do. You know, can't wait around on guys, just see if you can get it done. Um, And I, I, you know what they've, have gotten surprised, you know, out of rookies. uh, And I think that's going to continue. I know Sal Freelich's tearing it up in Nashville. Again, he's healthy. We could see him soon. So, I don't know, there's a lot of optimism there, and then you start getting Brandon Woodruff back. You know, this team's going to be just fine.
1: It's interesting. Uh, Best teams uh, through uh, yesterday, uh, Monday, when it was all wrapped up. Braves, D-backs, Marlins, Giants, Rays, Rangers, Orioles, Angels. No Dodgers, no Astros, no Yankees, no Padres, and no Mets. That is how the game of baseball works. We can talk about salary disparity, and that is a big problem, I still think, in baseball. But when you see a team like the Marlins hanging out there above the top of their division, in a division that most probably didn't think they could win, uh, or the Orioles uh, doing what they're doing, even though the Rays are the king of baseball uh, still, uh, it kind of warms your heart a little bit and gives you hope.
0: Well, I, I to sit there, and I think in a day and age where everything's tracked and everything's you know, you look at whatever, it's really just go, okay, well, what's the record? And people forget that these are major league baseball players. Uh, And and guys can get hot and streaky, even though maybe let's say the numbers say they shouldn't be, oh, this guy shouldn't be this good. Uh, But there's only a certain amount of big leaguers in the world. (laughs) So uh, any team can beat any team. I think that's why you play such a long season. If you just took a snapshot of a month, you may have a team that looks like it's better on paper than another team. And you know that's not a fair assumption it's what can this team do what can this organization do in the long haul when it takes 6 months to you know come out on top so that's what i think i love about baseball the most is that you know anybody can beat anybody any time and that's what makes the game exciting
1: Interesting. Uh this uh first game of the series against the D-backs, Corbin Burns gives up 6 and post-game you hear Burns talking about they knew the Diamondbacks plan was going to be uh, aggressive in the strike zone and to attack. And that's pretty much what they did right off the bat there in the first inning. Then you had the the broken bat deal, uh play out and so forth. And he said he was just, you know, ha- having problems with location early on in that inning. Uh, as a pitching coach, is there anything you can do when when a pitcher is in that type of situation? Uh, Or is it pretty much up to that pitcher to kind of get himself out of that situation?
0: Well, now when you're limiting mound visits and stuff like that, like you only have so much say so, but in the moment, it's just really hard. It's really hard to watch and it's really hard to go through it. I've been on the mound (laughs) in way lesser, you know, games, not, not in the big leagues, but like just, you know, anytime you're playing in a game and you just can't seem to get out of it, you can't catch a break, nothing's going your way. You just have to ride it out. And I'll give props to Corbin Burns of just putting your foot on the rubber. And sometimes all you can do is just put your foot on the rubber and try to make the next pitch. That's literally all you can do. And you know it's not probably going to go well, but you don't care. you just like, you know what, I have my job. I have to do it, and i got to stick to my foundation. And, you know, he did the best he could. And you do have to give props for teams to to have a game plan. And for every, you know, you can have a game plan, and there will be two or three guys that maybe stick to it, you know, as far as, like, in the lineup. Uh, but props to the Diamondbacks for sitting there and just making him work batter after batter. Because uh, I've been out there, and sometimes it's a lonely island when you're out there on the mound and you can't seem to uh, get any ball to go at anybody and get an out.
1: As we look at this bullpen right now and, and how they've done, obviously Devin Williams I think appears to be the all-star for the Brewers. Yelich probably has a chance at it uh, as well of making an all-star team if he can keep playing well for the next a month and a, a, month and a half at that, that high level the rest of that bullpen, has it played out the way you thought it would? I think there were a lot of people that were really high on Straslecki, uh, and he started off good, and now it's kind of fallen back a little since.
0: Well, I think, you know, with Straslecki, I think he just threw him a ton. <laughs> he, he, there was a while there where he was not just leading in games uh, the first month or month and a half. Uh, he was leading by a lot uh, when it came to games, you know, p- pitching. He was he was pitching like in uh, he was averaging every other day. Uh, and that's a tough thing to do especially when you're doing well and just uh, you just assume okay we've got to keep it up it's like well the more you throw sometimes sometimes you do everything kind of gets watered down a little bit and you kind of lose your way uh he's been in some non-stressful roles since a couple times and he's looked really good so i I assume he'll be back to you know his eighth inning uh status in no time but i mean look at what pions has done pagaro uh, Trevor McGill was almost unhittable yeah. uh, in the last series. I mean, just guys couldn't even foul a ball off on him. That's how good he was. Uh, so, I mean, it's shaping up nice. And you know they're going to be good. They have had hiccups. And when there's been a hiccup, it's been, you know, a lot of runs. It's been one, you know, big hiccup. But when they need to be good in those close games, they've come through time and again. So, I, it, one of the toughest jobs in baseball is to, is to be in the bullpen and be sharp because um, it, we talked with uh, – Devin Williams on the podcast. That's going to be our guest uh, when that episode comes out later today. And one of the things we talked about is, you know, Devin Williams. says if I have a bad day, the team loses. Like that's what's at yep. stake here, and everything. All these guys have fought for, uh, all these innings, and all these small battles at the plate. They all come down to what what can he do on the mound and and to stay crisp chase. So your stuff is good and get outs. And that's a really tough thing to deal with physically and mentally and spiritually. So it was just. Really cool to to you know see these guys humanized because it is it's a tough gig sometimes.
1: I heard Burns in post somebody asked him about the Cincinnati Reds and how hot they are and uh, you know are you kind of paying attention to the fact of the winning streak that they're on uh, and so forth. I've been paying attention to it obviously and Burns kind of said, "Man, it's June. Uh, nobody's scoreboard watching necessarily <laughs> in June. We're we're just trying to do our own thing and trying to, to get our team right at this point." From a player perspective, when does it get to that point where you're starting to pay attention to division standings and, and so forth?
0: Well, you almost you, you keep a soft focus on it, just like you know you don't want to be in the cellar, right? You know, and, and if you are in the in the very bottom, you know it. Yeah, that's you know you that that's hard <laughs> to shake. Right. Uh, and if you're in first place, you're kind of like okay, cool, we're in first. Um, but anything in between that, like nobody really gets after it. Like nobody's sitting there every day checking the standings. Nobody. it's it's, there's too long of a season and there's too much other stuff that you have to get done and worry about there's meetings all the time and guys do have downtime but they're not spending their downtime looking around at what other teams are doing they have a team that they have to deal with that day so they're not really concerned about you know all, all the rest of the you know whoever's in the division exactly what they're doing when they play them next time you better believe they'll know everything about that club
1: Reds are Reds are going to be good for a while, I think, based on all this young talent that they have. Bruce got some young talent coming too, though, so we'll see how this all plays out over the next few years. Uh, I had mentioned to you before we started the interview that I wanted to go over this player survey, anonymous player survey, of course. Uh, in the athletic that they put out. And there's a bunch of questions. I'm not going to go over all of them. I'm just going to go over a a couple of them that I think pertain to conversations you and I have had or something that uh, is close to home for you. And this first one is close to home to you. They asked uh, 100 baseball players, what is the best potential expansion city for Major League Baseball with the A's now probably headed to Vegas uh, and with uh, 2% Salt Lake City, 2% Vancouver, 4% Four percent Portland, five percent Austin, Texas, five percent Charlotte, ten percent Montreal, sixty-nine percent Nashville, Tennessee. Do you agree?
0: <laughs> I mean, they already have the AAA sounds. They do, uh, but yes, is it a is it a big league city? Absolutely, it's a big league city. Uh, we're actually going to go to a game tonight if it doesn't rain. Uh, but yeah, I I, I mean. It, it it is. It's it's grown in leaps and bounds. It's showing no no signs of letting up, and uh, and that's what you want. And people have turned it into almost like a Las Vegas type spot. You know, people are coming. It's easy to get there. The airport's easy to maneuver, um, and I think you're starting to see where people want to come there for events, concerts, and football games and hockey games. And yes, they could absolutely uh, pull off a a big league club. That wouldn't be hard for them at all. And the only thing is, I think they just greenlit a football stadium. Yeah, and I doubt the taxpayer is going to want to sit there and go. Yeah, throw another baseball stadium on there, even though we just built one, you know, a few years ago. Um, I don't know. I I I think that probably is accurate. I would say most guys do want one there because the city's legit.
1: How about this one? Uh, this one player said, "Quote: I think the only issue with them going to Nashville would be that there are so many Cardinals, Braves, and Reds fans in that area. I think it'd be like any other team. There's not going to be a huge fan base at first.
0: Uh, I mean." I I think what people don't realize is so you can go you can go walk around in Nashville a lot and you probably won't run into too many people that are from Nashville. You run into people from all over the corners of uh, the country is probably going to be the bulk of it. So, yeah, there's probably fans from every different baseball team. They're all there. And I wouldn't say there's a huge cluster of just one or the other uh, when it comes to like a specific club. I think you're going to find people are going to go, you know what? I'm a fan of this team. Just because, like, look at the Predators. The Predators came in years ago, and they sell out, like, every night. And there's a reason for that. Is everybody a huge hockey fan? Uh, No. But the people that move here are hockey fans, and they need a team to get around, so uh, to rally around. So I think that's probably what, what you would see if a baseball team came here as well.
1: Now to the rules of the game that you and I talk about all the uh, time. Should the pitch clock rule be different in the postseason? 102 players responded to this question. 39% uh, said no. 60% uh, said yes. Uh, One player said a 20-second clock would be better when seasons are on the line. Actually, why not 20 seconds all season? Another player, at the very minimum, the postseason (laughs) pitch clock should be 20 seconds at all times. Uh, so, uh, your thoughts on when we get to the postseason, what they should do with this pitch clock, Tim Dillard.
0: Yeah, they should, they should just change it right now to 20 seconds. I, I think everybody, you would get, a, um, you would get a lot more people just okay with that. Nobody cares. It's going to get, it's not going to add any more time to like the, the end of a game. But when, if you have this kind of stuff going on in playoffs, you are going to miss out on so many amazing moments, right? There's so much drama. And we replay this stuff all the time. You know, you look on Instagram or wherever, they're, just, they're playing clips of, oh, remember this series from 1998 or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and then all of a sudden, every time you look back on, on the playoffs coming up, you're going to be like, remember when he got that pitch clock violation? Like, it's just going to be a different breed, and nobody wants to have to deal with that. So I don't know if you just do away with the clock, but if you dropped it 20 seconds, you'd probably not have one uh, violation the entire, the entire uh, postseason.
1: Yeah, and that, to me, is interesting. Uh, Here's another one that I guess I never really thought of. How often are labor issues discussed in clubhouses? This one had 94 responses, 59% said the same, 32.9% said less than usual, 7.5% said it's discussed more than uh, usual. You've been around clubhouses, so you tell me, how much does that actually get talked about in a clubhouse?
0: I don't know. It's been a while since I've actually been in a clubhouse to hear any type of that conversation um it depends on the year i think a lot of times if it's a you know you got the collective bargaining agreement coming up you know that kind of stuff uh you hear about it more um but for the day-to-day operations man nobody really nobody really cares they just they, there's so much other stuff to worry about um i'm surprised that many people said yeah that's what's talked about
1: last thing for you who comes up with the video concepts that y'all do like you and adam mckelvey did the clue one <laughs> Uh, At Dim Tillard <laughs> if you haven't seen it. I was really impressed. Like I knew you were good. I wasn't convinced that McCalvey was going to be all that good. He actually he did very well uh, doing his part.
0: Yeah. Well, he said that's his favorite film of all time. Uh, he believes it's the best film of all time. No, so, no, uh, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Well Yeah, that's it. That's what he said. That's um I don't time. I mean I think it's a good movie. Yeah but I'm not gonna say all the time. Um uh, but you know, I've actually gotten to know uh McCalvey really well these last few years where I've been a broadcaster and we obviously have the podcast together. And um, yeah, I just asked him, yeah, I knew it was his favorite movie and I I tried to snap a clip that would kind of summarize, you know, just something fun. Like I I feel like that's one of the funniest lines um, throughout the show, (laughs) throughout the movie is is where they're just arguing and it's so confusing. Uh, So I I made the clip and I sent it to him probably like, I don't know, probably like a month ago. And I said, uh, Hey, memorize this and we'll do this and uh anyway he (laughs) we never really got around to doing it we kept getting busier and the season kind of got off and you know off and running and so finally we were doing that we were sitting down with devin williams and we were we had some time to kill in the media room and i said you want to do this he said yeah it took about three takes and we did it and um after we got done with our interview i asked sophia and devin if they would be a part of it if if i was like could y'all just look (laughs) at adam mccalvey i'll count the three and y'all just yell out no and they said yeah (laughs) <laughs> and that's exactly what we did. <laughs> it took four seconds. so I don't know it was fun. It, I enjoyed doing this stuff. It really had no um agenda other than you know what? Baseball's fun, and you get to meet a bunch of people and like let's just let's just have a good time.
1: How much candy conversations have you had with Adam McKelvey because he is the master of all candy? <laughs> really? I didn't candy. You've never well, talked no, to him about his, his you've never talked to him about his melting of candies?
0: Melting of candies. Uh, Yes, uh, maybe he's he melts
1: different candies. He thinks they're better microwaved and melted. And I'm not talking about chocolate like candies. I'm talking about like Skittles and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. When we used to have him on the big show every week, I would try and bring up some type of different candy question for him to answer. Oh, that dude is way over the top good when it comes to talking about candy. Very good.
0: That seems yeah, that seems so strange. I definitely need to hit him up about that. I mean, I used to eat a ton of candy, but now, I mean, I, don't, I think I try to steer clear, but if he's going to melt me some candy yes. and swear by it, then I guess I'll have to divulge. Yes.
1: You you need to have <laughs> him melt you some candy and have you try it out. Uh, yeah. It'll change your life, Tim Dillard. It will change your life. Uh, Adam Mccalvey <laughs> Sophia Minder, Tim Dillard It's Brewers Unfiltered on your Odyssey app and, of course, over at Brewers.com. Devin Williams, a special guest this week. Of course, Tim Dillard is brought to you each and every week by our fine folks over at the 4th Bay's Restaurant in it's the sports bar that everybody knows from the iconic movie Major League. But when you go out in there, you're probably thinking to yourself, ah, oh, I have a burger and a beer and we're good. And yes, they do have great burgers and they do have beer like everybody else and whiskey and all that stuff. But they also got some high-end food that's going to make your mouth just go crazy. And you're going to be like, man, this is really like a fine dining restaurant, the type of food they give me. And you'll be so happy afterwards and you'll thank us both for going to Fourth Base Restaurant. Tim, thanks so much, man. We'll talk again next week.